Hello and welcome to another episode of Des and Marco. I'm Des. And I'm Marco. How are you, Des? I want to say fine, but before clicking record, we've just had a rant about all the little things which have been building up and really annoying us this weekend. I'm going to say fine because overall things are fine. How are you? I'm uh, same as you. I'm pretty worked up right now. I'm really upset. (laughs) So that plays very well into the theme of this episode, which we'll tell you about in a second. But first, Des, tell me, what are you drinking? What kind of silly beer have you picked this time? This one hopefully should be a bit more mainstream. It's a craft brewery from Serbia, which I think is a country we've not reviewed. Yeah, I don't think so. And it's called Dogma Brewery. Sorry, that's the brewery based in Belgrade. And this beer is called Quasar and it's a black IPA. So I think it's like a normal IPA. I'm hoping it's not a stout or something, hence the word black. It doesn't have much of a um, sort of description, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's a hoppy IPA. What about you? Nice. Okay. I'm really curious to hear what a black IPA is. I have a beer from the Gallia Brewery in France. And it's a Nouveau Western, which is a West Coast IPA. Perfect. Okay. Let's get this show started. Yes. Cheers. So before we get started, there's just one bit of news. By the way, I wish you could see this. He's drinking out of this tiny cup, (laughs) which is pretty ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why I'm doing that is because I thought this would be a beer where I actually need to see the color. So I wanted to pour it into a cup. So is it black? Yeah, it's very black. Okay, cool. Before we get started, there is one bit of news that we read today. So it happened today at the the day that we're recording, which really saddened the both of us. So we woke up to the news that Matthew Perry, the actor who became famous as Chandler from Friends, has unfortunately passed away very, very prematurely. Yeah, sad news. I don't want to dwell on it too much because... uh... Yeah, it's, it's, it's something which he actually nailed in the sense that in his autobiography, just before the Friends reunion, he did say that if he was to pass away, he would be the celebrity that everybody was sad about, but kind of everyone expected. And uh, it's, no, yeah. it's no news to anybody that he did have a very difficult time with addiction uh, to painkillers and alcohol, especially during the later seasons of Friends. It looked like he'd got over it, but I, I think the death is unrelated to that. But let's just say he wasn't in peak physical condition to begin with. Yeah, pretty sad to see anyway. I think he was mid-50s anyway, so he was yeah. fairly young. So really sad to see him go. Plus, I mean, his role in Friends was one of the first sort of very sarcastic characters, which kind of maybe epitomizes modern humor. Before that, things were a bit more slapstick. And I don't know, the role of Chandler was really quite groundbreaking at the time and i think there's a whole generation of people out there which wanted to be chandler at one point in their lives especially with like the the wise cracking comments yeah exactly moving on so the theme of our episode today is it all started as a conversation between the two of us and we just started complaining and which ultimately became a rant about all sorts of little problems that are by no means important but they're little problems that we have today but we didn't have back in the day like for example our parents didn't have these problems uh growing up and so we want to call this 21st century rant and let's get started the the first one that we thought of is logging into things all the time 
And I find this incredibly annoying. I spend so much time logging into brand like various websites and, and apps and things like that. For instance, at work, we use an app that's supposed to log you into things, but I find myself logging into that multiple times a day. As you said, everything requires a login and don't get me wrong. Of course, I understand the need to log into stuff, but sometimes it's a case of doing it all the time. So for me, the biggest bugbear when it comes to things like this is Amazon. So you want to log into Amazon to buy something and you're on a browser at work, on a phone or whatever. I do have the app, by the way, but sometimes if you want to look at like Amazon of a different store, like Amazon Italy, where my parents live to buy presents and stuff like that, it asks you to log in. No problem. It comes up with that little check device saying, remember this device. So you check the box. All right. You might as well not bother because I have to do it every single freaking time. So what's the point of remember this device is every time I use that device, it says log in. Yeah, exactly. And but there's a solution to that. You get a fancy password manager and then you spend all of the time logging into that password manager every time you need a password. That's which is not so not the point. As in, it helps because you have to remember one password versus, I don't know, hundreds. But you're still logging into stuff all the time. Like, I hate having to, or, you know, like, if I don't use, um, like, I don't use my laptop, my personal laptop very much. Every time I turn it on, it's like, I have to re-log into everything all the time. And it's it's just so annoying. You'd, you'd think that we moved past that or... You'd think that if you're logging into apps that you can use Face ID or you can use the um, fingerprint reader. And sometimes that's the case, but some other times it's like, oh, you haven't used it in a, in a while. Please log in again. Or I get it also with, um, with airlines. Like I don't fly as much as I used to, but I'm always having to log into KM. Yeah. It's so annoying. And airlines, I think they are improving, but for example, uh, the British Airways membership program and the KLM membership program, they now let you use your email, but some of them still require you to use your membership ID. Who remembers that number? Right, exactly, because it's like a eight, ten-digit number yeah. that no one... Yeah, And it's only used for the airlines. I don't use it in any other situation, and it's airline-specific. So... Yeah. Create an account, you put your email address, they give you this randomly generated number, and then you have to remember that randomly generated number and a randomly generated password. And I do hope people are using randomly generated passwords, because if you use the same password for everything, you're going to get hacked. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so bad. But anyway, so this was number one. Number two. Just following on from this, when you said logging into things all the time, I think it will also be a recurring theme. but. I'm getting annoyed at everything requiring online access all the time. Yes. I had this problem recently because I love the Steam Deck, the you know portable, portable PC made by Valve in the handheld format. I genuinely love the device. It's so flexible. But because it acts like a PC, a lot of software out there has always online requirements. And mm. even Valve, which created a handheld device designed with portability in mind, if I was to turn it off now, bring it onto a plane, turn it on on the plane, it won't work because it's trying to connect to the internet. You need to know that you're going to be without the internet. You need to turn it off and put it, turn it into offline mode. And that just really annoys me. Why does everything need to have 
online access all the time. Yeah, especially a portable device yeah. like the Steam Deck. But actually, I was talking to my wife about it the other day. We were going over the, I have an app, because of course everybody has an app, to monitor my router. And like at any given time, there's 20 things connected to it, because now it's not just, you know, your laptop and your phone, but it's also the washing machine is, co is yeah. connected to the internet. The, our lights are connected to the internet. Like everything is like, if you, if the internet goes down, half of the things in my house basically stop working. I mean, I get that some things are connected to the internet to enhance it, its capability, but some things kind of like what you're saying about the steam deck just do not work if they're offline, which is especially annoying because maybe you just want to turn on your lights and maybe you just want to play a game offline and i think playstation just is um, about to release the new version of the ps5 which, which is the slim version and you can buy it with or without the disk drive but if you buy it without you can buy it separately and apparently you need an internet subscription to install the disk drive or an internet connection, not a subscription, which is just ridiculous. Like, what do you, what, what are you gonna do with? But never mind. So yeah. Sorry, can I just follow on on the internet thing? You mentioned something which just triggered another memory. So I recently upgraded my home Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi six, which yeah. came with the internet provider, whatever, and it's meant to be a good mesh system with lots of hubs and stuff. You know, Wi-Fi six. Perfect, amazing, reliable internet. The problem is all these smart devices that you mentioned, the light bulbs, smart sockets, they don't recognize Wi-Fi 6. There is no inbuilt backwards compatibility in the Wi-Fi oh. 6 router. I literally had a, a, a massive headache trying to get these things to work. And I gave up because, as I mentioned before, the router is provided by my internet provider. So it doesn't give you access to the settings to try to make it even work. Oh, okay. Uh, that's annoying. It's another annoying thing. Like you give you internet, but then it's, I don't want to say it's handicapped. It is still good internet, but these things are just not easily backwards compatible. And I looked hard for, let's say, smart sockets and smart bulbs, which will work with Wi-Fi 6. Unfindable. Literally unfindable. So I did come up with some interim solution, which required me to buy, let's say, a dumb Wi-Fi extender solely for my smart gadgets. And again, unnecessary, but unfortunately necessary. Yeah, which is actually pretty, you know, like you're pretty tech savvy. You, you know what you're doing. And so you know how to reach that solution and like you'll research online and figure it out. But someone who isn't, I don't know, like I'm thinking about like a few family members that have no clue what they're, what they would be doing. Like they would just, what do they do? Like, I, I don't even know. No, exactly. And as you said before, like the function of these smart devices is actually really useful. Like it's uh, my home cameras run on these, on this Wi-Fi yeah. and the, the smart bulbs, this and the other, which are meant to be saving me energy and stuff. And all of a sudden you upgrade your internet, you think things should be better and they're not because it's kind of like one thing improves and then everything else needs to catch up. And that might take several years. Yeah, exactly. But then another thing that really, really, really bothers me, and I think I mentioned it in a, in a past episode, is the internet is very, very good at building a profile out of you. 
you know, with everything that you like, everything that you want, and advertising the right kind of uh, kind of things. And in in some cases, it's great. Like for example, I am I do love food, and I keep getting restaurant uh, suggestions on on Instagram, and it's cool because it's like in a, in a few occasions I've gone to try new places and they're really good, and now they're some of my favorite places. It feeds my desire to find to go find new new cool places to eat. But in some cases, I don't want to see the ad anymore. As in, you show me like you. I am clearly a target for like certain products, which is which is fine. Um, or my purchase or my purchase decisions are made very much after a ton of research. So I'll research a lot of things and look at this and look at that and look at the alternative and things like that. So I get a lot of ads for specific products. But at one point, for instance, once I've bought the thing, I don't want to see ads for it anymore. Like I don't need to see it anymore. I don't need to like, that's it. I've bought it. So like the internet should in a way figure out that like they're so good that I need a imagine electric bike they should also be as good to understand that's it i got it i don't want to see the ad for it anymore and especially in i've noticed it whenever i'm my product whatever product it was breaks and i start researching to give you an example van move customer support or i had my i had a samsung phone break so i was looking for samsung customer support and because i'm googling move or samsung i keep getting more ads for the product that i have and it's broken which only makes me more angry <laughs> about it or you know if there's a situation where i just really really all of a sudden don't want to see that product anymore for whatever reason and like the it takes a while for the ads to go away and i feel like yeah. the internet should be doing a better job at that it's kind of that um saying that the smarter you are, the more you realize you're not smart. And I think it's the same with the internet because everyone goes on about how they're listening and they know what you want before you know you want it and all this sort of things. But as you said, I mean, we've all done it. I've researched, for example, vacuum cleaners, and then it starts bombarding you with adverts for different vacuum cleaners. The smart thing would be like, okay, you bought this vacuum cleaner. I'm going to sell you vacuum cleaner accessories, you know, more bags, new filters, that sort of thing. No, it's still trying to sell me more vacuum cleaners. How many vacuum cleaners do you want me to buy? Yeah, exactly. And once you've bought it, that's it. It's, it's, it's the kind of product that one is, one is enough if you have it. Yeah, exactly. And you probably keep it for at least a couple of years. And it seems to think I want vacuum cleaners. This guy searches a lot of vacuum cleaners. He must have a collection. No one has a collection of vacuum cleaners. <laughs> and if they do, they have a problem. <laughs> I know, but they seem to think Des wants more vacuum cleaners. No, he does not. We should pitch him this other one. <laughs> I'm sure he's into it. No, exactly. And I, and, I, and I understand what happens behind it is, you know, you're researching vacuum cleaners. So the internet thinks you want vacuum cleaners, which you do, but you just want one. But once you've bought it, you keep getting stupid ads for it. And I don't want to see them. Also, I think this episode is going great because I'm, I'm getting really angry. Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think by the end, I'll have to switch from like a beer to a chamomile. Next, the other thing that really upsets me these days is remember back in the day, you wanted to play your favorite video game, which was probably like Mario Bros. 1 or 2 or 3 or whatever. And you put the cartridge into the the console 
and you turn it on. Maybe you have to blow on it if it wasn't like wor- working properly. But then I don't know. Ten seconds later, you were playing. You were playing. You were already on level one, and you were playing. Fast forward to today, and that just doesn't happen. No. If especially if you're like a very casual gamer, as in that you don't play the same game every day, which sometimes happens, but like life tends to get in the way of that. For instance, I haven't played with the PS4 in a few weeks. I bet you that if I wanted to play something today, I would turn it on, then have to do a software update for the PlayStation, then have to do another software update for the for whichever game I'm playing. And that means it's 30, 45 minutes of my life gone, um, just waiting to play. And by the time that's done, I don't even want to play anymore, or maybe I don't have any more time. So you have to just wait. And it's so frustrating because that's not how it used to be. And it's not the way it should be. And I say this not in the in the lens of angry boomer going, oh, my day was better. It yeah. was better because, you know, I, I know parents now and, and kids and all this sort of stuff. It used to be the case that, you know, when you're getting these consoles or games as a gift, you got to open it up, plug it in and play it. Like the excitement of unopening. Yeah. Un- now that is gone. A, because as you said, people want their their kids or they themselves want to play the game immediately so it's now become let's say good parental practice to open the game the day before do all the updates and so your kids can play them on the day so they miss out on the whole unwrapping experience yeah exactly and then the other thing is digital downloads i don't have a problem with them per se but some games even some of the best games are only available digitally buy something as a gift for your children or even for yourself, you've got nothing to show for it physically. You have to like give them a card or an empty box to say, I've, you know, I've got a voucher code for the game that you want. The thing is they can't play it immediately. You have to then download it and install it. And things now are like 400 gigs sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like the new Call of Duties, they're, they're enormous. But also because you can download stuff, there's two things that happen. One is new games now come out where you're essentially doing the QA for them. Yeah. Like they're half baked. And how many times, you know, you were talking a few months ago about the last of us on PC and how it was an utter disaster uh, the the day you bought it. And you were really looking forward to playing it because you had heard it's a, it's a great game. There was a TV series coming out. It's like a fantastic story and you just couldn't play it because it was unplayable. How many others? Um, Cyberpunk 2077 was just trash the day yeah. it came out. Now it's good, but whatever. Or Fallout 76. Fallout 76 was just horrible when it came out. No Man's Sky was essentially a demo of what yeah. No Man's Sky was supposed to be. And then you have to wait for a few years for the game to be better. And on one hand, that's good because if you liked any of these games on day one, you're going to like them even more after a couple of years of playing them because they just keep getting better. But on the other hand, it's there's no incentive to buy a game on day one because no. you know that it's going to be half-baked and you know that you're going to have to be the tester for them and highlight bugs, which is just, I don't know. There's very few companies we've spoken about many times about the, the Nintendo Polish and they seem to be one of the very few companies that actually care about shipping a finished product the, like on day one. But it's not only games. For example, I told you I was getting work done in the house. So my main laptop was kind of put away just because I didn't have access to it. 
and just two weeks of not using it, I turn it on, I'm having to restart it twice because of software updates. Yeah. And I just want to get into work. I just want to, you know, do something. And what should be a five minute activity turns out to be like a 40 minute activity because of downloading updates and having to restart the computer to then download another update to then restart it again. And you're kind of like, okay, I understand why you're doing this. This is meant to be a benefit, but I need access to the computer now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I see it also, yeah, also with my gaming laptop, which in fairness, I don't, I turn on once every like couple of months, even if I want to play something on it, I turn it on. Then I have to do like half an hour of windows updates. Then I have to do 10 minutes of Nvidia updates. Then I have to do five minutes of steam updates. And then I have to do two minutes of the game update. So by the end of that process, I don't. I'm tired. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to do that anymore. It feels like you're doing maintenance and you just want to use a device for its intended purpose. Yeah, exactly. And now the thing is, everything has a software update, including my car. So sometimes I find myself sitting in a car waiting for the new map or for the new infotainment update to download, which is just so annoying. Like, I just want to go. <laughs> when you mentioned the car, the thing which annoys me the most is um, I drive a Hyundai Kona. And I would say that the infotainment system isn't the most powerful. It's perfectly usable when you start the car and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's great. But for example, as you said, I'll be driving and without fail, it's always like six or seven minutes once I've started driving, it'll come up with a notification on the screen saying we've updated the terms and conditions of the, you know, the always connected services. Click OK if you accept the terms and conditions or whatever. You have to click OK if that makes any sense. So you click OK and it goes, you're not allowed to do this operation whilst driving. Yeah, because you're supposed to read the TLC. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, (laughs) uh, I'm just like, yes, but why do you wait seven minutes? Like, who sits in their car for seven minutes waiting to drive? But then if you're driving, what what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to pull over? Wait, let me pull over and read pages and pages of T's and C's and then click accept. No. No, exactly. (laughs) I'm going places. (laughs) But the thing is, it it tells you to click OK. You you click OK. It gives you another warning telling you that you can't click OK. It's just obsolete. So then you have to click OK to this error message, essentially. And you go back to how the car was. So it's a completely, like stupid little dance that I do with my car. And you've taken your eyes off the road twice at this yeah, point. Yeah, for no reason. Which is not exactly the safest thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so that's I hate that. maddening, maddening. Yeah, actually, since we're talking about the car, here's another, there's like another couple of things. One, it goes back to the first point about having to log in all the time. So I've got this fantastic app connected to my car, which I can preheat it if it's particularly cold i can check the status i can check the battery i can check you know like unlock it lock it whatever it's not necessarily a digital key but i can do i can control some aspects of the car that makes sense so the app for reasons that are honestly beyond me logged out for me to log back into the car i didn't just have to put password and the username which was annoying but i i did anyway but then it tells me I had to go to the car and scan a, a QR code. I was sitting in my living room. Like, I'm not going to go downstairs <laughs> and, and do that again. So it was just so annoying. Speaking of cars, I remember. So one of the other things that are really annoying about living in the 21st century is that everything is becoming a service. Everything is becoming a monthly fee. And if you remember a few months ago, I think they backtracked to uh, uh, they backtracked from it 
but BMW was basically selling you a car that had all of the hardware necessary for it, but it would give you heated seats only as a monthly fee. So you had to pay a monthly fee to get your heated seats. Yeah. The hardware was there, but you couldn't turn it on unless you were giving BMW whatever, $15 a month. Um, everyone revolted, but it's there. I yeah. think Tesla does that as well. Like exactly. if you buy a Tesla, all of the hardware for like autopilot is there. But you just can't use it unless you pay extra. I don't think it's a monthly fee. I think it's like a lump sum. But it's all there. Like, screw it. I want to use my cameras. I want to use my heated seats. I, they're there. So I think Tesla, what Tesla does, I think is even worse. So they've now discontinued it. But they promise their basic Model 3, for example, uh, you could use 60 kilowatts of the battery. But it had a 75 kilowatt hour battery in there. But they software crippled it to 60 so that you pay extra to unlock the rest. Okay. Yeah. Which is nonsense. And then, as you mentioned before, it has the hardware to do full self-driving to various degrees, depending on the model of car that you bought and what time you bought it. If you then fork out, and it's not cheap, it's well above $5,000 at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 7000 Yeah. So, you know, quite expensive for this uh, full self-driving, which is not full self-driving, but that's a different argument altogether. And it used to be that, you know, you've unlocked it and it's supposed to, like, increase the value of the car over time. Nonsense. An older car is always going to be worth less. Yeah, because cars tend to depreciate. Exactly. But if you sell the car, Tesla will take away the upgrade that you bought so that the other user has to fork out the money. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a scam. Exactly. And if it's software that you've bought, I've bought the full self-driving for my car. I get rid of that car, I buy another car, another Tesla, they expect me to fork out again. But then if I sell my, my Tesla to someone else who then has to pay the whatever seven grand for the self-driving or the autopilot, that means that I'm selling my Tesla at a lower value because I'm not selling you that, that feature. Exactly. So well, what a scam. That's it's a super trash. scam, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. But yeah. you said the BMW backtracked. They did, but then they reinstalled it. Oh, okay. And Mercedes does the same thing as well. Okay. So I think that's very scammy. And it's meant to be a luxury product, and it just feels really cheap to be doing these little gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, German cars always get you like that, as in they always get you with, to, to get it properly spec'd, you need to buy a lot of optionals. While, I don't know, the Honda I bought, it had everything on it. I, I mean, I bought the higher end, let's say. But uh, but Germans are known for, you know, the price you see at the beginning is not the price you see at the end, because by the time you've added a few things and a few gadgets, then the, the price tends to um, go up, increase quite a quite a bit. But actually, like, again, about the how everything is turning out to be uh, whatever as a service, it's just we are surrounded by companies that are desperate to get a monthly fee out of you. Yeah. Um, it's cars, it's uh, gadgets, it's uh, streaming services, it's literally everything. Everything is as a service. Right now, my, my, my personal beef is with fitness trackers. There's a number of really good ones out there. One that I'm really interested in is the Aura ring, yeah. which is a ring, which is actually like quite convenient to, to wear, but that requires a monthly subscription. Or I recently bought a Fitbit and that comes with six months of subscription of the Fitbit Premium, which gives you like better sleep tracking and whatever other uh, garbage. 
but that's only six months. After that, you you need to pay. And there's so many products like this, and it's just or if you're a creator and you use the Adobe Suite, you used to buy Photoshop, and now you have to rent Photoshop essentially yeah. for a quite expensive monthly yeah. fee, which is just how it's just so petty and it's just so unnecessary. Just give me the product and I'll and whatever. No, that's it. Just because you mentioned fitness trackers, I think that's a good point to pivot on on another thing, which is I've got, which is really quite annoying, and it kind of ties into all these trackers and the internet in general thinking it's so smart. The fitness trackers themselves, they have these notifications for when it thinks you're inactive or when you should be doing more exercises or if you haven't done enough steps. And you mentioned the sleep tracking there, and that really annoys me because I'll often work night shifts. Yeah. During the whole night shift, it starts giving me notifications of like, oh, you should be sleeping right now. I know I should be sleeping, but I have a job to do. Tell my employer that. Yeah, tell my employer that. Oh, sorry, I can't work my watches. I should be sleeping. I don't know. I feel like this is something which not an insignificant number of people do. People who work unsociable hours. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem so unthinkable to have a little thing saying, you know, I have to be up tonight. Instead, like, they're trying to tell you yeah. how to live. Or I remember when I used to live in Australia, and every now and then when I'd be flying back, when it crosses the dateline, my watch would reset and I'd have to do all my steps again. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember doing that, like when flying back from like the US or something. That you, yeah, that it's you. You cross into a new day, and it's all all of your activities for the previous day are gone. Yeah, I know. So the the whole cyclical nature of the the watch in terms of your twenty four hour cycle, it's it's kind of based on their clock, not on your clock, which kind of annoys me a little bit. It's it should be my steps in a twenty four hour cycle, not my steps in your twenty four hour cycle. Yeah. But you see a lot of these gadgets kind of cater to most users most of the time, but there's some cases just that just don't apply. Like, for example, one thing, and I'm, and it's, I find it a little bit mind blowing that we still haven't gotten there yet. The fact that a lot of people are bilingual and a lot of people, I don't know, like I'll text you in Italian and then I'll text someone else in English. And the fact that software still can't quite figure out that you're switching between languages without you having to tell it. It's just so backward. Yeah. Like, just let me, like, I'm typing in Italian. It's not a typo. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And it changes every single word. It doesn't sort of, yeah. I noticed that, for example, when I'm texting with you and there are a few key words where it will always change it, no matter what I write, because it might be, I don't know, for example, the word see, yes, in Italian and so in English. And every time I write C or so, they will change it invariably, like to the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. Unless you physically like uh, change the keyboard to be now I'm typing in Italian, now I'm typing in English. And also, for instance, me and you, we tend to switch language very often. As in, we'll we'll say half of a sentence in Italian and the other half in English. The keyboard just doesn't follow. No, it doesn't. Which I get that it's not easy and whatever, but maybe just put like, if you could flag somewhere, hey, here's the languages I speak and here's the languages I'm going to speak. And how like contextually it should pick up what sentence I'm saying. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I find it so... It's frustrating. It so backwards. Yeah. Do we want to talk about our friends from streaming services? <laughs> well, I think this falls into the category of products which no longer do what they advertise uh, or changing the product, let's say, through its life cycle. 
So the problem with streaming is that when it came on, they were very vocal about the fact that it was simple, it was cheaper, it was flexible. You know, you only want to watch Netflix for one month, only buy that one month, cancel whenever you want. And I don't know, it you seems... You could replace cable. Yeah, you could replace cable, just a single low fee. And it was true for a while. And that's the key word, for yeah, a while. Everything was on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. And now every company thinks they, they want a slice of that pie. And I think they're all realizing that it's a very expensive to run a streaming service without content. And you need a lot of users to actually break even, especially when you don't have advertisers to sell to. The whole model is still trying to find its feet in terms of profitability. I actually read an interesting article the other day, but like Netflix is now the first service whose premium plan has breached the $20 per month. Okay. Wow. Exactly. Which is not cheap. And we've seen streaming, let's say, as an entity evolve into what cable was. Multiple add-on yeah. services with lots of small monthly fees, which add up to a lot. Yeah, exactly. Especially because you can't have just the one because you're going to spend, what, what is it? It's the 15 for Netflix, 15 for HBO, 15 for Disney, 15. And then those all would add up. And now you're like close to like $100 per month just to see exactly the same things you would see on cable before. Yeah. So it's such a scam. And it feels like you're constantly getting scammed because every other month you get an email from Netflix saying like, oh, by the way, next month you're going to pay us $2 more. At one point, you don't even know what you can see and what you can't see because stuff is constantly getting taken off of it. If you have, you know, I remember the ads for VPNs being being, oh, you can watch US Netflix, which is way better. And it used to be, I don't know now, but, and now they're trying to prevent you from doing that. You used to be able to buy one subscription or yeah, to have one subscription for your entire family, which is, I don't know, three households. And now they're clamping in on that. You keep getting less and less and less every time for more money. I've actually got a true to life scenario where that whole sharing the password for an extra fee was quite ridiculous. Uh, a friend of mine has parents who are quite elderly and suffer from dementia, and they basically know how to turn the TV on and watch Netflix. And the, my friend obviously had Netflix set up with her account. Netflix was then asking for money for the extra account. And this person was like, okay, that's fine. I'll pay for it. I don't care. But then it kept on asking for the checking in for the IP address. And so this person okay. phoned up and said, listen, like these are like elderly people with dementia. Like they don't understand this stuff. And like, yeah. you know, you're making it difficult for them to use the service. And Netflix kind of gave my friend advice on what to do to prevent these blocking prompts because, yeah. but like, again, you turn your TV on, it works, Yeah, you know, and it's much simpler. Like you can't, like the TV just works. Whereas these streaming services, they they constantly change and the whole selling point was that you can watch what you want when you want but that's only yeah. true to the point because sometimes what you want to watch they've taken off yeah exactly or if they don't want you to watch something because you haven't done this or in the wrong location they actively stop you from watching something i don't know about you but sometimes you only have an hour to watch something and if you have to spend half an hour figuring how to get it to work it's like you've killed the moment yeah exactly it's just yeah it's really like the the customer experience is getting worse 
yeah just to tie it back to to the beginning you had one more thing about like logging in and then we can also call it a day because i don't want to spend <laughs> the rest of my day angry it ties in with everything we said so far to be honest with you and that's everything is now an app and i don't mind yeah. that in general apps are usually great but for example yeah. i was using my banking app and I noticed that, for example, with my reward points, which I get from my credit card, it said, oh, there's a special offer on. You can get extra points if you convert your rewards into these airline miles. I was like, oh, fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm happy to do that because I will use those airline miles. So I click on the special offer and it was like, oh, uh, you cannot do this through the app. Log in via our website. So I was a bit annoyed at this point saying I'm out and about. I've got the app. I can't actually, I would, I'd rather use the computer if I'm going to have to go through the website. So I then log into the computer and I go to the exact same login page of my bank. I do the exact same thing. I click on the special offer and then it goes, create a login code using your app on your phone. And I'm like, but I've already logged in. I've already done all of this. And it was a constant to and fro of going between your app and your desktop and your desktop and your app. If you've got a banking app or whatever app, why don't you have the same services as the website? And Netflix is also yeah. responsible for this. For example, if you want to change your payment method, you can't do it via the app. You have to log in on the website. But yeah. then it's like, if you want to do certain features, like you have to use the app. The same with like Spotify or Tidal. You want to change your, like your account level in terms of what you up, upgrading to like Spotify premium or something. You know, you can do that via the app, but if you want to downgrade, you even have to go to the website. You want to change method yeah. of payment. You have to do that via the website. Why can't the same services which are available on the website be available on the app? Yeah, exactly, because they're supposed to be just different versions of the same thing. Well, the app is meant to be better. Like, if you're mm. making me download an app which has, like, let's say, specifically programmed features, it should be better. And instead, you redirect me to the website. Yeah, those are, are especially annoying when you keep being rerouted to, to another service. Yeah. Or, uh, it's just, uh, yeah. So basically, living in the 21st century sucks. <laughs> it's definitely not a simpler time. That's, that's for sure. No. And it's funny because a lot of these services and things we talked about are designed to make your life easier, but they actually don't. Yeah, because they don't work. Like software inevitably has glitches. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm really angry now. I need now, to like... Yeah, deep breath. And, <laughs> and now I'll go punch something i don't know but how was your beer my new west nouveau western west coast ipa it's okay i mean it's a little bit bitter i think it's fine but it's not great i've had better i think it, yeah i think the thing is it's a it's a little bit too bitter and it's advertised as a citrusy with herbs and things and i can't really feel or i can't really taste any of that but other than that it's just fine um so i'm gonna give it a three out of a six pack and how about you how first of all what is a black ipa now that you know i don't know if it's meant to taste different to a stout but i feel like it's a slightly watery stout it's not as creamy but in everything else, it kind of tastes the same. So this particular one, it's not doing anything fancy in terms of funny flavors. It tastes like a, 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 like a, like a stout, but it's not a stout. Uh, it is black. It's pitch black. So I think it's basically a very hoppy stout. 
but it's not quite as creamy in terms of the final texture if you're thinking about your traditional Guinness and stuff. It's okay. I don't think it's the, the best beer I've ever had. It's more of a novelty with the black IPA kind of labeling. Um, okay. So I'd probably give it like an extra, let's say, half a point just for, let's say, the novelty feature. So I'm going to give right. it a 3.5 out of a six pack. 3.5 out of a six pack. All right. So um, we just spent the last, I don't know, half hour or so ranting about what it's like to live in the 21st century. By all means, we are, I hope we don't come across as uh, spoiled brats, although we probably do. But we just talked about a few things that annoy us about living in the present and possibly the future. These are by no means real problems. We understand that there's other worse, worse stuff going on in the world, but we just wanted to rant a little bit. But I must say, if these things got fixed, the world would be a better place. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Des, I'll speak to you in the next episode. See you next time, guys. Des wants more vacuum cleaners.